All right. So welcome to Beholder's Eye, Ravenloft, Side Eye, but not really part four, I think. Um, anyway, so what we're doing this time, of course, is with the, this Beholder's Eye is uh, we're just running through a module, something something from the Van Richten's Ravenloft book. Um, you know what it is. If you have the book, you've read it. It's not called the, the Haversham House or the Halverest House. It's House of Lament. There we go. That's the name. Anyway, um, as you can tell, we're taking this very, very seriously it's critical um and so let's talk about the uh the, the characters we have along this time since we've got some uh you know new faces to the beholder's eye cast though if you've been listening to the last three episodes i guess not that new let's start with um let's start let's start with four ben's character tell us you wh- who is four what's their well class my name's them. four ipsum but you can call me four and i am a changeling until i died and now i'm reborn i haven't really discovered what that means yet but um, that's what I am, and uh, I do some magic stuff, and I do have a background in the criminal arts. All right, and um, if he was to pick a, a crayon out of a 64 set crayon box, which crayon would he take? Probably the purtiest purple he could find. Indigo, is that a purple? It is a purple, that's right. Yeah. That's the one I'm taking, then. All right. <laughs> All right. Said, um, she said blue, but okay. Um, so, Kim, <laughs> my um, world. Since you you spoke up there, let's hear a little bit about about your character. What, what's her name and um, class and all that fun stuff? Uh, Daralia Wintergreen. She's in Aracocra uh, of the duck variety, and uh, she's also uh, she's an investigator of the roguish sort. But people call her DW, complete with a purple and green cape. She likes to swish about a lot. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, as far as DW's childhood was concerned, what was DW's favorite sport? You know, before the age of like 12, when, you know, sports get serious, what was the favorite one to just kind of play? Well, around, uh, they wouldn't let me play Quidditch because I could fly and it kind of took away the purpose of the broomsticks, but I did enjoy it a lot. Very, very cool. Yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, I know, avian activists standing out there with the Aarakocra protesting the Quidditch, and of course we stand in unity with them. Um... <laughs> Oh, and then finally, we've got, um, you know, the, the, the fairy of the hour, uh, his nobleness himself. Uh, let's hear from, well, I guess I, I, that, that's the character. Let's hear from Ryan um, about uh, <laughs> about old butters. Uh, but this is a, again, fairy, hexbade, warlock, noble, because he does act the noble out quite well. I think there's a disdain for children as well. In, in addition to his disdain for children, uh, of all the varieties of soup out there, which one does he hate the most? Oh, leek. Leek soup. Leek. Like oh, I can see that. Not, yeah. Not a fan of it at all. No. That doesn't sound very good. I don't know that I've ever had it, but it sounds terrible. Um, so, yeah. I, I children and leek soup. Two things that he hates. All right. So, where we actually like last picked up with our Ravenloft crew, once again, they had all met at uh, a four-way stop. They saw a were-raven. They got some feathers, touched tips, found a planchette, Kate planchette, brought Kate to the house of Halverest, um, or the house of Lament. And inside met a couple ghost hunters. They walked around. They're trying to help out the ghost hunters find some candles for their ritual uh, of a seance so they can see what's going on in the house and learn about the hauntings. They encountered some hauntings themselves. 
devoted themselves to a woman named Silva, though they know very little about her, but they said they're going to stand with her, which seemed to have some sort of effect on the house, made it all the hauntings go a little bit nuts. They saw there are some children who were going to have a birthday named Regan and Vastian, and um, they saw their, their ghost children running around. They heard them, and eventually they made their way to the kitchen where they found, even though the, the kitchen was destroyed and had been left alone for a long period of time, they found a perfectly fresh baked birthday cake with little rosettes all over it, fresh buttercream icing. They have two of the candles right now, thanks to DW. And as we left them, a four-elbowed arm with a long claw hand was sticking out of the big cast iron oven in the middle of the kitchen. What do you all do? Looks like dinner's about to hit back. <laughs> we love well, that was the greatest one-liner I've ever heard, I think. <laughs> I... Does it look hostile or is it just creepy? Um, it, it could be hostile. You guys are all out of reach of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's not. Uh, it's definitely creepy. Is it connected to the stove? It's, it's like it's coming out of the stove. Imagine like one of those metal grates on the front of a cast iron stove, pot-bellied cast iron stove, and it's opened up and then this hand's like reaching out. Yeah. Well, hello there. And you hear very... You don't really hear anything uh, in response initially, just the scratching of the claw marks as the hand Ooh. grabs onto the stone walls. Does it look like more is trying to come out or does it look like it's just the same? Um, it just looks like this hand. Is it? Is it close to the birthday cake? Is it right next to it? It's not right next to it, no. Could it reach it? Yeah. Find out. Touch the cake. Let's see. He is... wants to touch the cake. What is... A mage hand and move the cake yeah. over away from the creature. <laughs> That's us looking up the poundage. <laughs> 10 pounds. So I'll send out a mage hand as well with butters. All right. <laughs> So we got two mage hands going out um, and grabbing the cake and moving it toward the party. And from the oven, you hear, Enjoy the cake. I made it for your birthday. Well, thank you, Bamatha. <laughs> I never was much of a chef. And I'm going to leave. Yeah, are you going we'll back, back the out? Dining room. All right, you guys all back out. What are you doing? You're back in the dining room. The dust just settled. Were we told how many candles we had to find? Oh, I can't remember. Nope. I think that was just that's a... it. Anybody who has an arcana... Uh, um, and it actually trained in Arcana. I'll let you roll for that. I am. 13. 13. Okay. You know that traditionally you'll need three candles for a seance. We could do with finding one more candle at least. So, uh... Where would you guys suggest we go next? To any door we haven't been. That is mighty helpful for. I thought so, especially in a place this big. So in this room, there's only one door you haven't been through. Um, and that's a set of double doors, or uh, actually a sliding door um, down at the other end, opposite of the kitchen. Let's slide Very on well. through, shall we? <laughs> We go that way then? Oh, follow on. You guys open the sliding door. It's gunked up with some um, just like musty crap that's built up over time so it doesn't slide as effectively. It just kind of chunks its way across. Um, in the room beyond, you see what is certainly a music room, maybe uh, where people would also entertain. In the middle of the room, you see a bunch of overstuffed furniture, um, and then you see a very large concert harp that is dramatically sculpted. So it actually it looks like a flock of doves is coming out of it in the center of the room. What are you guys doing? Is the heart playing It is not. Itself? Oh. You get a mage hand to run across it. <laughs> it is out of tune, but none of the strings are broken. Buzz would have no idea how to tune it, so he immediately gets bored with it and starts looking for a candle. Okay, give me an investigation roll. That is an eight. <laughs> 
Butters is not used to looking for stuff himself. And Abe, <laughs> looking around the room now, <laughs> Butters sits down on, on well, maybe he uh, looks around some of the soggy furniture, but he doesn't look too hard, and he's just like, uh, doesn't see anything. You guys doing anything? Is, is the harp the only thing, or is it like seating, like you said, soggy furniture? Yeah, there's a bunch of furniture that looks like it used to be plush, but you know, with the dampness of time, and obviously with all the mist being around, it's kind of, yeah, kind of soggy and crappy. It's got that fun smell that lets you know that you're in a thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll just start investigating the maybe the couches and whatnot, see if there's something hidden in there. Okay. Um, 18. Go ahead and give me an 18. Well, digging through the couches, you don't find too much. You do find three pieces of silver, um, but that that's really it. It looks like just other than some coinage that has fallen out um, and been, been revealed through the degradation of time on this fabric. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, I just wasted my best roll of the Ravenloft. <laughs> Are you quite done searching for change? We should move on to the next room. Well, I am three silvers richer. Thank you very much. Delightful. I'm sure it will serve you well when we need to throw them at the ghost. It could. I hear oh, they're okay. very three effective against werewolves. I'm sure the three silvers is life-changing for your family, but we should really get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if, if you go through the the other door that you haven't been through yet, and here it brings you back to the sitting room where you found the first candle, DW. Um, so you're now able to go back out to the foyer, or you can go back to the hall, or back into the music room. Were there other doors There was a room the on the other side of the foyer from us, wasn't there? Although, yeah, we went into yep. one room and just yep. carried on. Right, and the foyer also has the stairs up to the next level. I guess that's the best way to go then. But you said there were other doors out of the kitchen? Yeah, there were other doors out of the kitchen as well but that's the only other place we haven't explored all the doors correct that's it yeah and to save you some time go ahead give me an intelligence roll real quick to everybody or um no just dw right now Oh, uh, 10. 10? Okay. You're pretty sure that the only other room you didn't go into in the kitchen was a closet or a door that led outside? Pantry or something, yeah. Yeah, like a little pantry, which through that, that wonderful roll of 10, um, and some else, there's nothing in there, so you don't need to go back that way. <laughs> I don't want to head back to the creepy kitchen. Let's go upstairs, maybe? We should probably finish searching this floor before we venture to others. There was at least one room on the other side of the foyer that we didn't go to. Very well, you guys, then lead on. You guys make your way back to the foyer. The periton that was stuffed up above the staircase, you see, it looks like it, looked like it moved pretty dramatically. Like you wouldn't even need, even with your, your, your wonderful perceptions, passive perceptions, you can tell that. It looks like the stuffed creature now is, uh, you see its razor sharp teeth under its deer antlers. And to be almost more in attack mode than as like a stuffed trophy, though it is not moving itself. Whatever emotion it happened 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 when you were out of the room. And you do of course see the stairways, um, and then there is that door across the way from you. I will make a grand gesture with my wing for Butters to lead off. Butters will take the lead. Chest puffed forward a bit, shoulders back, honorable as he is, noble. I mean, I know we're in a creepy place and all, but doesn't that statue moving just make you a little wary? I'm always on alert. All right. right. We'll be fine. Sure, I'm going to do something that I didn't realize I could do. I don't know if it'll help, but I'm going to cast Sea Invisibility and use that sorcerer thing that I have to extend the spell so it'll last for two hours. Very nice. And um, let's see. 
As it is a spell, and as we talked about, I, because of my sorcery, my, my wild magic, I start to change and I transform into an elf. Ooh. How do DW and um, Butters respond as you start seeing um, four change into an elf creature? Well, an elf. What do you hope to accomplish with being an elf? What do you mean? It's just slightly more tolerable now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. I don't remember Does it changing. also like clean you up because like you were all dirty and gross from coming out of the grave? Does it also make you look cleaner and nicer in general? I think it would just transform I don't know. I, I think it would just transform my Your body skin itself. So I think anything that's on it is gonna stay the same. I've never been a changeling before. But I don't remember trying to transform. Usually that's a conscious choice, but hmm, that's that's a little worrisome. <laughs> you guys wow. um do I see anything? So see invisibility allows me to see then into the ethereal plane as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So ethereal objects would appear ghostly and translucent. Okay. Well, nothing in this room. Okay. In the, in the foyer. Okay. Cool. And I'm just going to like follow them, but be looking at my hands and contemplating how that happened. And I will, I will focus on trying to transform back to my normal human looking self. And it just doesn't work at all. Interesting. Hmm. So you guys open the next door as he's doing this. The door creaks open, and you see yourself in a hall. It goes on a few feet, then takes a curve to the right, though immediately to your left, you do see a door, and you can hear wind blowing outside the door, as though this led directly outside, or maybe to a room with a window open, something of that nature. What do you do? Well, I say we go where we can hear the sound, and I'm going to go for that. Okay. So you open that door, and you find yourself in a gallery. You see moody landscapes and dour busts top marble pedestals that collect dust all throughout the gallery. In an alcove to the east stands a larger-than-life onyx statue of an athlete wrestling a monstrous disembodied tentacle. To the west, a wall made of black stone curves into the room, an arch opening into a darkened space beyond. Looks what like that do? man's attempting to cook some supper in this kitchen. Are you referring to the the wrestler? Yes. I presume that's what it takes using that particular stove. I must have missed something. There's a stove in here too? No, no, in the kitchen with the the thing coming out of it. <laughs> but that's not a tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing four didn't do too well in like English class with metaphors and things, huh? <laughs> if it's not exactly what it says, then... <laughs> Why don't they just say what they mean? It's a lot easier to understand. Um, does there look like there's any kind of hiding spaces for candles in here? Or is it all just open pretty? Oh, there could be. Yeah, I mean, like, there's junk around the, the, the floor, too. Um, yes, but, we have yeah. a look. Give me an investigation roll. 20. Okay. 10. 17. All right, you guys all start looking around the room. Um, the only thing, let's see. Distracted DW, the... you don't find anything with your 10. Um, with your 17, um, um, four. You're looking around and it looks like the statue in the middle of the room are, um, the, the, the statue in the middle of the room is completely hollow and it looks like the eyes are staring directly into that, that cavity in the back of the room. And then butters, you're able to, with your 20, um, you notice everything that I've mentioned so far, but then you also see that, um, um, 
with it with that 20 you notice there's an inscription that's really tiny on the bottom of the foot of the statue and it says shadowed fingers eyes like glass beware the below signed l as in the initial dolan d-o-l-a-n i'll point to outside for analysis often. shadowed fingers eyes like glass beware the below and with uh anybody who's got the ro who's, who's kind of roguish and not uh who's got a history of stealing so i'm guessing dw here one thing you'll notice even with your 10 um investigation role as you're looking through there the bus and the paintings in this room are extremely well made and you could probably get anywhere between like if you can carry the stuff out because they're all kind of heavy but if you can carry them out they're each worth like 50 gold pieces all right mm. that is very interesting i have a criminal background so okay cool then yes you would notice i too. will investigate uh the smallest i can find and see make sure it's not like first you're gonna make sure it's not trapped first go ahead and, and give me um, another investigation roll 11 okay um looking through it it doesn't seem to be trapped it's just covered in dust you don't see anything on it no glyphs nothing magical no trip wires. It all seems good. I take it. So you grab one of the bus. It seems to be a head of one of the, um, you know, you're assuming one of the less well-known or maybe less wealthy owners of the house throughout the past, uh, as they do have the smallest bust here. But do I see you just take a bust? DW is not being stealthy about it. DW just said she did it, so. <laughs> 21 for sleight of hand. That's kind of her okay, general you... way of doing things, but you know, whatever. Is that her? I was this just going to say, say how deplorable in your head because you have the tooth <laughs> on you. <laughs> My character's an uh, asshole. I'm trying to do it properly. It's good. I like it. So what else are you guys doing? That um, As of right now, you could go into that dark alcove in the back, or you could go back the way you came. I'm going to send a light down that way into the, the dark opening just to see okay. if it does anything. You send the light through the dark opening. It gets... Uh, you notice there's almost an unnatural darkness to it, though the light of the magic does not completely go out. And as it goes through this almost unnatural darkness, you see that it is... It, it reveals reveals a um it would look like a, the base of the tower that this house was built around so when you guys first arrived at the tower um i didn't explain this well but when you first arrived at the tower there is a uh, uh, when you first arrived at the house there is a tower that used to be part of a fort clearly part of a fort that this was built around um so this is the bottom level of that tower you're able to see that it's kind of dilapidated not all the stones are there and that's the source of the wind rushing through and on top of that you hear the wind pick up once more and you hear the sound of a scream. It sounds like somebody uh, yelling at the top of his lungs, and you're not sure if it's the wind or not, and then you kind of hear a thud, and the scream stops. Does it sound like it's coming from outside, or is it sound more yes. like... Okay. Yes, Now now that you can see it and you hear it, yes. How many times have we heard that? Three, Three times? Mm-hmm. How many, like, investigator people were in that thing trying to do the same? Uh, mm. Well, it looks like you found something interesting there. Indeed. It's kind of kind of creepy, even for this place. I am uh, creepiness that lives in the night. Let us go. I love that. I, so does, I, I mean, like, I imagine Dark Queen Duck now just, like, waddling off with the, with the cape up around the beak. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. Well, yeah. Guys, so she's, or, yeah, DW just takes off into the darkness. A very heavy sigh from Buses. He follows. <laughs> and I'll follow as well. All right. You guys find yourself in the... Um, 
you know, the, this dilapidated tower, as I mentioned. Um, it is attached to the manor, obviously. And you do see a staircase that, that circles the outside of the tower and goes to the next floor and goes, yeah, it basically goes up to the next floor. It's about, a, it, it, the next floor is about 10 feet up. So it takes you up there. Um, it, like I said, there's, there's not really much more going on with it other than that. So there's no stairs going up? There are stairs going up, yes. There are stairs going up. Okay. Um, if there's nothing else to investigate, I'm just going to continue right on up the stairs. You, you make your way up the stairs and onto the second floor from the uh, the second floor, you actually can see most of the tower all the way to the top. Like the rest of the floors have kind of caved in and you can see it's an open roof. And there on top of the ledge, you see a human look down at you. He's dressed once again in sort of this Regency style clothing. He looks down at you, nods his head as if like saying, as if you guys know each other, as if both you and, or as if DW and this man know each other, nods his head like in agreement, like this is the plan. And then just walks over the edge and you hear him scream and then thud on the ground, knowing for sure this was the sound that you had heard thinking it was the wind before. Well, that's one way to die. As that happens, you notice that the, um, between the, the, the stones in the tower. It starts to like pulsate a little bit and it looks like this dirt starts to come out as if something over time has is, is pushing it out and you start to see the slow flow of blood going down the sides, pushing all the dirt between the stones down surrounding you, just slowly cascading down the walls of this tower. The walls are bleeding. They are. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, that's probably normal. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly stay in a very different form of housing to myself. It's very un unusual behavior for nice establishments. Well, clearly yes. if the walls are bleeding, they're alive, and that means that we can it possibly bleeds. befriend them. Could also be an illusion. I'm going to try to see if it's an illusion. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, intelligence or? Um, yeah, give me, a, it would be, yes, intelligence. Go ahead and give me a DC 12. Um, 15. No, this is much more substantial than an illusion. All right. Well, I don't think it's an illusion. So, yeah, maybe we can befriend it. If we stop, it's bleeding. It'd be like, oh, thank you very much. I don't really have medicine, but I'm going to try to roll it. <laughs> 15. Um, figure out where the blood is coming from or how to stop it. With all of your knowledge of uh, humanoid medicine, there is nothing that lets you know about a bleeding house. <laughs> Now, if you had an architecture skill. <laughs> Sadly lacking in the fifth edition skill list. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's some 2E stuff, like architecture. And then you'd have like sub-skill, you know, rounded buildings. <laughs> bleeding walls, you know. Bleeding walls. You could specialize in bleeding walls, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are you guys doing? You're, you're on the second floor. You can see the now night sky starting to peek through as the last rays of sun. There's no other doors out from this tower, right? We'd have to go back down to get out. Yep. You could climb the wall. How That'd be a little slippery. There, is there floors above us? Yeah, sorry. Um, there would have been floors above you before. So the, the tower is taller than the house, even though the house is a couple stories tall. Um, but they've all caved in over time. So now it's just a completely open shot to the open roof above. I'll fly up to the top to see what I can see. If there's okay. any 
us up there. All right. You fly up to the top to see if there is anything else out there. Um, and up above, you, as you're going up there, go ahead and give me a strength saving throw, please. Oh, that's uh, not my specialty. But a natural 20. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Seriously? Wow. Natural okay. 20. All right. Plus the zero. wind blows extremely hard um, as you're going uh, up there. As soon as you get about five feet above where you're at right now uh, from, the, from the ground, it just starts like knocking you around like crazy. It's really hard to, even with your, your lifetime of experience flying, basically for, for you guys, uh, it, it's extremely difficult. For you guys below, it's like watching, if you've ever seen a bird fly into the wind and you know they're making a little bit of progress, but it just seems like it's taking forever for them to get anywhere. That's what it looks like watching this fairy go up because the wind is so tough. Um, you do make it up to the top there, Butters, and looking down, you don't see the body of the person who jumped off on the ground anywhere. And one thing you've noticed is that the fog that and the mist that surrounded you guys as you walked in seems to have enclosed around the house, almost like it's solidified into a definitive wall out there. Like you can tell where the mist starts and this place stops. Okay, okay. Um, I'd, I'd fly back down. It's, it's, um, the fog seems to have gotten a bit harder. There's a definitive like blanket around the house now. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not like we could go anywhere anyway. We we're kind of forced to be here. True. It's just worth mentioning the fog seems more like a uh, physical wall. It doesn't seem like alive, does it? Like it's coming for us? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not coming for us. It's stopped and made a wall. It's more trapping us than coming for us. Okay. Well, must there's be a silver line. Trapped me before. My ex. You hear? Yeah, <laughs> As you guys are discussing, you hear steps on the stone staircase, and you see a tall man. He's bald at top, with a little ring of uh, gray hair around the sides of his head. Very regal looking. Once again, in, in Regency style dress, holding a silver platter. And he says, "Excuse me, madam. It is tea time." And then he walks towards you and disappears as though made of nothing. Including the silver platter, everything. This it's all gone. Well, come, fancy one. It is time for tea. Apparently, take us to where you think the tea room would be. Well, it could be back in that dining room we were in earlier. No universal layout of a house that people like change it up. But um, suppose we can start there and then work our way around. Go back to the dining room, I guess, or we can go in the second floor and try and find a tea room. And don't forget, you guys, there, there is that other. You only walked into the hallway. I remember, it went around a bend. The first door to the left is the one you guys took. So a whole other hallway you haven't explored. Oh, then we'll go that way. So as you're making your way through the um, back through the darkness of the alcove and into that um, the gallery where the the art was. Um, you're noticing that some of the, there are candles now that are lit around the house that weren't there before, standing tall in candelabras. Um, like the candles weren't there at all, or they are weren't there at now? all. They're just not there at all. Yeah. Like the house, the candles that were there before, like imagine like giant mounds of candles that didn't have any kind of um, stand to them over time that have just kind of blanketed areas. These are standing up straight and tall. Sometimes where they're sitting isn't, doesn't make sense. Like it would be over a bunch of rubble and, and nastiness, except the candelabra standing tall. Like, it's it not like it's on an uneven field. It's it's just there. And there does seem to be light that's emanating from it. You can hear harp, harp music coming from the other end of the house um, where the harps were before. And as you enter that gallery, the bust that um, DW grabbed explodes. How are you carrying it? <laughs> uh, I tucked it in my bag okay. next to her face. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm carrying it still, so destroy my okay, bag. Give me, give me. All right, not too bad. Take three points of damage as it explodes and then go ahead and everybody let's do a little bit of an initiative so much for getting ahead of the situation 
So this is essentially the room. Right over here is the alcove I mentioned. So any anything within this area is completely dark and then it'll bring you to the tower that's over beyond. Um, obviously this is not, yeah, this, this, yeah. So this circle right here is basically the darkness. Oops, this is the darkness. And then this just kind of generically represents the tower. You can't see this. Where, where this okay. is, is pitch black. So without that light okay. spell, you can't see through. Um, and then we're going to just drag some. That is an eight for four. And I wrote a 13. Okay. Mine was 20. Here we go. All right. So DW, you're first up. Um, this one right here. Where, where are you, DW? Um, let's see. I just walked in the room and the bust exploded. So yep. I'm. Okay. So the bus that just exploded, by the way, is right here. And what you're seeing is from that exploded bust on the inside is a glowing skull that is looking at you. And it's looking very angry. It's got flaming eyes. And um, yeah, but it, it's floating right in front of you, pretty pissed off right now. So it's your turn. That's that's the situation. We've got those. And then all the other busts that were in the room, sorry, there were five others. They all exploded. And you see five more of these floating skulls flo in the room. Um, I just remembered. So, I'm trying to remember how my sneak attack is. I'm going to try to stab the, the skull. Do you have advantage on it at all, the sneak attack? That's what I'm wondering. I have somebody within five feet of me, correct? Yeah, uh, I, everybody would be within five feet of you. Okay, then yeah. Okay. First one was a 16, second one was an 16, and then an 18. Okay, so both do hit, and so how much the, damage? Uh, four piercing, six sneak attack for the first one, for 10, and then the second okay. one was nine piercing and eight sneak attack for okay you have two attacks no that was advantage sorry 18 so 17 was the what, my bad thank you wait so you got four i was rolling advantage that's what it was sorry okay so it's 18 so it's a total of 17 okay i gotcha yeah 17 gotcha. so 17 points of damage um you know what you go ahead and you stab that thing it screams again after exploding and actually disappears that's how you know i didn't write this encounter mm-hmm um <laughs> It's way too easy. What? <laughs> All right. Now it's the evil bust's turn. Um, so we're going to have one of them fly out across the way to gang jump uh, four here. And so we're looking at... Uh, let's see. Oh, my gosh, Alex. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we've got one who, who bites at you for 17-4. Does that hit? Absolutely. Okay, so go ahead and uh, give me a DC 10 con saving throw. Okay. Uh, that's a crit fail for seven. And okay. Hold on, I might have something for crit fails. Uh, ooh, that's fun. Um, well, in addition to whatever happens to me, but voices from beyond. So after rolling a one on an attack roll, saving throw, or ability check, the voices get too loud. Voices in my head um, mm -hmm. and overwhelming. So roll on the voices from beyond table to determine what happens. This can only happen once per short or long rest. What was the, is that a racial treat or? Is that a... It's from being... I have a dark gift, I guess. Does that sound right? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> but that's from being reborn. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. I barely so remember you got a whispering character. You've so. got a whispering spirit table, is that what you said? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Or voices from beyond table. What, what voices from beyond. Voices okay, from beyond. Okay, give me a D6. Yeah, I've got it. Go ahead and give me a D6 at, roll. At D4, actually. D4. All right, D4. 
four. That's a one. You have disadvantage on the next attack roll, ability check, or saving throw you make. Yeah. And in addition, in addition to that, because your con save was a failure, you are actually uh, restrained and uh, lose your next turn, uh, except for a saving throw. And you notice that your hand is beginning to turn to stone. Nice. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, wait. No, they're they're not done. That was just that was just the first attack, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> All right. So another one's. Oh, and I got to do damage for you too. All right. So take three points of damage on top of that from the bite um and then the next one attacks you uh, 1d 20 plus 3 rolled on 18 for a 21 i'm guessing that hits absolutely all right this one is coming at you with the um uh well it, it, this one is coming at you with like a, a more angry open mouth that's like like a like a, it's like a think of it like a machine that's chewing it's just coming at you like um so 1d 6 <laughs> Plus one. That's weird that that did that. Um, I don't think that's right. Did one S6. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why it didn't work. So it takes seven <laughs> points of damage because that was a maximum Ooh, roll on that. And then, and that's piercing damage. Um, and then take, uh, sorry about this. That's that's right. Then, to, you, then you need to take 2d6 necrotic damage. So that's another seven points of damage. Well, I'm Maybe almost I, dead. Man, okay, never mind. You sure, Good you job. Sure you didn't run this Watsy. in Alex. Yeah. I know, <laughs> right? Good job, Watsy. This is this is intense. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and we will have the other three ones coming up to not Zalara, but Dorella or DW. Actually, why wouldn't all three of them? It doesn't make any sense. So all three of them are going to go ahead and attack you. And by the way, for everybody rolling or, or listening at home, I'm rolling above the table today so everybody can see what we're doing. So I totally forgot to take the disengage. Oops. So um, I'm guessing a four and a critical failure doesn't hit you. We're going to go with high. Oh, I didn't make it, did I? Okay. Uh, no. Or no, the failure chance you is didn't. high. I, I would have made it. Um, so even though the, the the flying skull critically failed, it didn't hit you. So we're going to go for another one. Or it didn't hit anybody, just critically failed. Another one is five. Oh, the Gravenloft gods are with DW today, man. And then finally for the last one, is going to try and bite at you. And you got four. So <laughs> that's another that, great fail. That was, that's another <laughs> crit fail. You're right. Oh, my gosh. 1D100. Let's see. I'm going to go with high on, on this one again. And a 40. So it's safe. Um, okay. So that is the evil bus turn. Now it's going to be Butter's turn. Um, I'm going to fly to the other side of the room over things and i'm gonna try and eldritch blast the one grappling four for a nine that machine <laughs> doesn't hit it nope um and that's kind of everything i can do because we're low level <laughs> Low 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 my don't you roll right. for each blast or is it just I only one? have one beam we're only level three. Oh, level five you get the second one <laughs> All right, for Ipsum, you lose your turn because you're turning to stone, so we got to make sure you don't go fully stone, and I need to really emphasize how important it is that you do not roll <laughs> a DC uh, 9, or it's DC 10 constitution saving throw. You will turn to stone for 10 minutes if you miss this, so do not mess it up. 15. 15. All right, and with that, that spell of petrification is broken. You guys are in for a hell of a fight, and we're going to call the episode.